Big 12 Media Days is in the books. We're talking about what I took away from day two of the event and also answering some of your questions and taking a look at the new BYU football roster. It's all ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. Coming to you live once again from Arlington, Texas, checking in for the final time before I head home from Big 12 Media Days. Had a really, really good time, but a big thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder that we are your only original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and thank you for checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. Also, for those of you watching this on YouTube, of course, my backdrop is my nice hotel room here in Arlington. But nonetheless, thank you for all your support. And let's dive right in. Obviously, Big 12 Media Days is in the books. Two full days. Uh, I guess the second day was kind of a half day. But nonetheless, uh, fun event all the way around. Had a great time, frankly. I, I came down here with the goal to network, to get to know the lay of the land with the Big 12, just to experience Big 12 Media Days. And it did not disappoint. I got I got to say, uh, met a lot of good people. A lot of people I've been on their radio shows. I've had them on my radio show or shows, I should say, over the last little bit as BYU's geared up to enter the Big 12. But it was just good to make official, uh, I guess, acquaintances of these individuals I've known for quite a while via digital means, but a uh, really, really fun day. Uh, the conversations today, considering BYU was not participating in day two of Big 12 Media Days, was more to kind of get a feel for how these coaches feel about facing BYU. Now, uh, that's an interesting conversation because some of these teams will not face BYU. And Mitch Harper, my compatriot over at KSLSports.com, uh, did a good piece on what some of the coaches had to say. And a couple of them were questions I actually asked during the regular media session with these coaches. And I thought the most interesting one to me, and I, well, I mean, not the most interesting, but the most entertaining one to me was Coach Venables. I asked him the question about facing BYU, and he made an interesting point. Coach Venables was actually coaching when the Big 12 officially began, the first Big 12 game official. I think he said it was Texas Tech and Kansas State in 1996. He was a coach uh, in that game. Well, he said, and I, so I used that as kind of my backdrop and say, Coach, well, if you said you coached in the very first Big 12 game, well, the final Big 12 road game for Oklahoma in their Big 12 history is going to be in Provo, Utah against BYU. And I asked him your thoughts on BYU. He says, yeah, the Cougars. I had a bit of experience both at Kansas State and Oklahoma with them. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Atmosphere, excuse me. Late November, it'll probably be about 80 degrees in Provo. I elicited some chuckles. And I said, no, it's going to be a wonderful atmosphere. Getting an incredible fan base. There's not going to be an empty seat in the fast empty seat in the house on the fast, uh, but it'll be a mature football team. Many, like many BYU teams are. He was actually the only coach that I can remember use their mature or the older players excuse that I had interactions with. But he says you're, you're, the coach and Sataki and his staff have done an incredible job to establish a program of culture and toughness. If you're going to have to earn victory, they're not going to give. They're, you're going to have to go earn the victory. They're not going to give you anything. Unquote. He's not wrong about that. I think that he understands exactly what Coach Sataki has done with the BYU football program. It's built on a culture of toughness and absolutely getting after it, making sure that teams feel you the next week when they play against you. And that's that's the interesting part about all this is to see uh, ultimately. 
where things are going to shake out uh, with regards to that game. Because could Oklahoma be floundering at that point? Could they be absolutely rolling at that point? What's the status for BYU on the other side of that, obviously, with it being senior day for the Cougars? How are things going to play out on that front? That's that's kind of the interesting part about this, is you kind of look at the situation that all these teams are in, and it's just it's, it's a unique situation. But I can tell you, conversations with just with media folks, not necessarily with the coaches, is they absolutely love having BYU in the in the conference. Now, one thing I felt to note on yesterday's podcast, we talked a lot about Kalani Satake and his players interacting with the media, but something that Hans Olsen pointed out, one of my fellow uh, co-workers over the KSL Sports Zone, he pointed this out, and it's true. Kalani Satake was the, the, was the last coach or player at Big 12 Media Days on the first day of Media Days. He held out for every single interview anybody wanted to do with him late into the evening. He could have easily said it's 5 o'clock because essentially when the coaches were expected to be done, I think it might have been a little late, maybe 5.30, but he easily could have said, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. But he hung around and answered every single question, uh, did every media availability possibly could do for the various people in attendance at this game. And it was just, it was a really cool thing. It was really inspiring to see him do that. I think he ingratiated himself in a big way to members of the Big 12 media core, I guess I should say, but he was already well-respected. Uh, I, I really think this is a guy, speaking of Kalani Satake, the more Big 12 fan bases and Big 12 coaches and administrators and media like it to know him, they're absolutely going to love him. And I'm, I'm not saying that just from my perspective. I just know people who absolutely uh, love Kalani Satake and the way he has operated uh, with the program and the like, obviously with it being Big 12 Media Days. Now, the other comment that I was able to uh, elicit, what came from Matt Campbell, the coach of Iowa State. I asked him a question about uh, facing off against BYU, some of the new programs in the conference. Of course, Iowa State will also be going to Provo in November. He says this, as a young kid, I always dreamed of playing against BYU, and that Provo area is something I grew up watching those games late night on ESPN. I really look forward to the opportunity to compete there. Uh, this is a guy, as you mentioned, he he grew up thinking that BYU would be a great place for him. He would have liked to have played, but Obviously, Matt Campbell went on to be this legend at uh, Mount Union in the D3 ranks. And really, uh, I think this was uh, fun to let these coaches kind of sound off on what they know about BYU, what they don't know. And obviously, they'll be learning a lot more uh, about the Cougars in future months and weeks and all that stuff. But uh, I, frankly, I think day two of the Big 12 media day just kind of made me realize that BYU, yes, they may be a newcomer to this conference. Obviously, Houston and Cincinnati, as well as UCF, are all newcomers to this conference. But I gotta say, I, I, I'm I think the BYU might be the might be like kind of the I don't know the the I don't know how to say it correctly maybe the big boy or like the favorite uh, incoming program just because of the reputation obviously the national brand what they can offer to the Big Twelve conference I could be completely wrong in that assessment and I'm sure there'll be those from UCF that would say that in Houston and Cincinnati but I, I just know that BYU the the conversations I had with multiple media members. Uh, they, they, to a man and woman, they absolutely praise what BYU is trying to do and doing really, really fine work, obviously building their rep. Now, a couple of the things is that, uh, some of the conversations, uh, around the BYU side of things is there are people out there that actually are very, very confident in BYU this season, far more confident than I am. I'm, I'm speaking the media that does not cover BYU. Uh, I'm not going to name them because they, they, this is not on the record conversations, but let me just say this. 
they think that BYU can be more of a factor than I think BYU can be a factor in the Big 12 this year. Could that be misguided optimism? Could that be them trying to blow smoke at BYU? Yeah, it very well could be that. But they really, really think BYU's got something cooking. And we're just uh, we 50 days away today officially. It's coming fast, folks. So soon enough, we're going to find out and exactly what we need to know about BYU. Now, a programming note for you guys. Uh, lucky enough, I'm actually not flying out till tomorrow. Speaking of Saturday to head home, I decided to hang back a little bit, uh, hang out with some friends that live here in the Dallas area. I'm actually going to the Texas Rangers game tonight. But one thing I did not know, and I, I put it together while I was down here, is that Southern Utah and Utah Tech, who are members of the WAC, but they're going to be members of what they call the United Athletics Conference, or the UAC, where they've combined with the ASUN to uh, put together a 10-team league for FCS football. Well, guess who BYU's second opponent is? It's Southern Utah. So I'm actually going to head over to UAC Media Day, sit down with Delane Fitzgerald, Justin Miller, their quarterback and get some thoughts on that game against BYU. They'll be able to bring to you in a future episode of locked on Cougars as well. So I'm not going to lie. It's been a very fruitful trip. And like I said, I, I, I paid my own way to come down here and cover this, but it's been worth every I, uh, dime, penny, nickel, quarter, dollar, whatever it costs to come down here. I have had the time of my life. And uh, I got to thank all y'all once again. This is, I, I said it the last two episodes as well, but thank you for you guys' support because it's the support of this podcast that monetarily has paid my way to come down here. Of course, I've had to save and uh, put some of that money away and sock it away for months at a time uh, of actually years now uh, to have the money to do this. But it is, like I said, it has been worth everything. It's been worth every sacrifice sacrifice and everything that I've had to do to get down here. And uh, just once again, a big thank you for all of your support. Now, a couple of you asked about this and it was something that Mitch Harper wrote about, other people wrote about it. BYU has released a new roster ahead of their upcoming football season. Typically, they don't do this until just before fall camp begins. But I think that uh, just with the new conference, they probably said, hey, let's get those new schedules, not the new schedules, new rosters out there. Uh, there's some guys leaving the program or not on the roster right now, as well as many newcomers uh, to that roster. We're going to break those down here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at eBay. New friends uh, with our friends over at eBay for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, my friends. We all know this is the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to be fit just right. And I can speak to this better than most. I just recently got a new car after uh, about 12 years of having the same car, you need to have the right parts. But nonetheless, so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. That is the best part about it. There's a guarantee there, money back guarantee. Just because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors and with one over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back, on the back in the game and on the road in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right part Parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices, all on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. That's eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible item, eligible items only, excuse me. Exclusions apply with one thing. That's ebaymotors.com to get taken care of your ride with our friends at eBay. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. Coming up uh, next week on the podcast, we've got conversations galore with many BYU administrators, coaches, and players from Big 12 Media Days. We'll bring into you Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, Ben Bywater, Ryan Rico. Um, who else was down here? I got them all queued up. So we'll have those over the coming days and weeks, uh, as well as uh, other conversations about what's going on with BYU as we get geared up now for training camps, kind of the next road mark or I guess. Uh, road marker i guess i should say on our way to the 2023 football season but very much looking forward uh, to having a lot of fun along the way and hope you guys will be along for the ride as well all right a couple of you asked about this earlier this week byu has uh, released a new roster you can go on byucougars.com any of you you can see the new roster with the new number designations for players coming in to the program now let's talk first about the guys leaving the program are currently not on the roster i'm not saying leaving the program but currently not on the roster for byu uh there are five notable ones kyson hall of course the younger brother of Jaron Hall and KJ Hall, who have played at the BYU football program. Kyson was a pretty stand, was a fantastic wide receiver in the Maple Mountain football program, but uh, has really kind of been beset by injuries so far during his time at BYU after returning from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Uh, could he be nursing a long term injury? Could he have decided I want to do something different? I don't know the status, but I just know that he has stepped away from the program for the time being. Joshua Larson, who we actually just recently did a player uh, countdown series short on YouTube on, has stepped away from the program. That was a bit of a stunner to me. Josh recently got married, so uh, maybe priorities have changed. I don't know, but he's currently not on the roster. Surprising one in Soljay Mayava Peters, one of the heroes of the bowl game last year. Uh, the way I, it's been described to me is it is a personal matter. Uh, that, I don't know anything beyond that. Could he return to the program? Sure, that very well could be the case. A big one that I'm uh, going to miss out on, because I, I think this guy could have had an opportunity to really compete, is Lee Solitai, an offensive tackle, obviously transferred to BYU from Snow College after originally signing with BYU as a high schooler way back in 2016 before going on a mission, then obviously playing uh, at Snow College before enrolling at BYU. Uh, as recently as, what was that? Just this past uh, December, uh, we had conversations with Aaron Roderick where he said that Lee Solitai, has is an NFL caliber offensive lineman. Don't know what his status is, but hope that he returns to the program. And also, Michael Wilson not on this. Michael was already, I think, pretty well known. It was kind of an open secret that he has had just so many health concerns, injuries, nagging injuries that really just have made him decide, you know what, I want to move on with life. So I uh, wish nothing but the best for Mike in particular. But the other four are interesting to me. Could they return to the program? Sure. Could Michael return to the program? Sure. Like they could make change their mind and return to the program, I'm sure, uh, in, uh, in certain circumstances. But it's obviously they're going to have to handle their business. So that's the information. I know about the guys who have departed the program, but on the guys who are coming in, there's a number of them. I think BYU is going to have somewhere around in the vicinity of 50 new additions to the roster this year, whether that's uh, via transfer portal, junior college transfers, high school signees, return missionaries coming into the program, walk-ons joining the program. I've been told it's somewhere around the 50 person, 50 player mark. It, it's a ton of turnover, but BYU is not alone in that turnover. There are so many programs out there with the transfer portal uh, in its heyday right now. There's just so much change going on with these college football programs. So you've got a bunch of guys who have enrolled in school. Jake Eichhorn is going to wear the number 56. Caleb Etienne is officially on the roster for BYU. Dylan Flowers, a transfer from Southern Utah. Camden Garrett, a transfer from Weber State. Like, a lot of the big names that BYU fans, you out there in Cougar Nation, have been waiting to enroll at BYU are officially on the roster and enrolled and we part. 
of BYU's upcoming training camp. Uh, first uh, day of reporting is July 31 for BYU. Uh, first day of practice is supposed to be August 1st. That's the current uh, expectation per BYU sports information. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We've got to get just through the end of this month, folks, and away we go. We're off and rolling into the 2023 football season. Now, a number of freshmen have ad- been added to the roster. Jackson Bowers, John Henry Daly, uh, CLA Sarah, Miles Hall, Jake Hill, return missionary, Weston Jones, another return missionary, LJ Martin, of course, the four-star signing uh, at running back. JoJo Phillips, he's enrolled. So BYU, the, the roster, you can go to BYUcougars.com right now and see the new roster. And that those are going to be your guys. Uh, speaking of who you'll be look on the lookout for this season for BYU. And I'm, I'm pretty bullish on BYU's roster. I think they've developed uh, quite a bit of depth at critical positions. Obviously, uh, that will be proven or borne out on the gridiron this fall. But I, I'm very, very intrigued with how the coaches went about building this roster roster for their first foray into Big 12 football. And like I said, I could be completely wrong about this. My, my gut feeling could be off on it, but I'm, I'm intrigued by how BYU went about their roster building this offseason. Now, is it a perfect science? No, it never is. Just like recruiting, using the transfer portal to supplement, is it's a crapshoot. You're bringing in guys who there was a reason why a number of them left the programs they were at, and obviously you're doing this, your best to vet their background and understand, hey, why are you coming here? Like, what was the situation at your previous school uh, to make sure you find the right fit. And we all know that BYU is such a unique environment, obviously. Sponsoring institutions, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they obviously have to abide by the honor code and the stringent rules of student conduct that they require at BYU. There's an academic component here. Not just there's a simply, simply put, Kalani Sitake has established a pretty strong culture amongst this football program. And those guys have to be able to abide and work within the framework of what they call their the family. Kalani refers to it as a family. Like he wants all of his guys to feel the love of their teammates as well as their coaches and the administrators around them. But at the same time, there's a mutual respect element that's in this. There, there's He is so big on culture. He is so big. And you heard like uh, yesterday on the podcast, if you have not gone back, and by the way, if you did not see the conversation that I had with Tom Homo, BYU Athletics Director, one-on-one, I encourage you to just stop the podcast right now go listen to that and then come right back to this episode but he talked a lot about what Kalani has done just building the culture he said he, he's been absolutely masterful in doing that and it's taking Kalani he had he took his lumps early trust me there were there were times that some people thought that he may lose control and ultimately it may cost him his gig early on in his BYU tenure but to Kalani's credit he absolutely fixed the issues that he had in that program and he has built a fantastic culture now players praise it all the time and I, I i can't say enough about what kalani means to the byu football program he is a, the, the best representative out there that i could imagine for byu football right now this is a guy grew up a byu fan lived his dream i've talked about this before in the podcast lived his dream of playing for lavelle edwards obviously and then lavelle was one of his inspirations to get into coaching and he has worked his way up the ranks worked for a long time at the university of utah for another lavelle disciple in kyle whittingham then obviously got the opportunity to come and be the head coach of the program that he literally bled and sweat for and BYU guy, the program that he grew up rooting for as a young man dreamed of doing this. And there is no better representative right now than Kalani Satake for the BYU football program. So very intrigued by how things are going to go this season. Obviously cannot wait. I don't want to wish away the rest of summer, but I cannot wait for football to get here and watch BYU take the field on September 2nd, when they take on uh, Sam Houston state there at Lavelle Edwards stadium, very much looking forward to being out there, obviously and covering the Cougars once again, 
this fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will wrap up today's edition of the podcast with another look back at the 2019 season, the final look back at the 2019 season and a ill-fated uh, trip to the Hawaii Bowl and how it affected the BYU football program, what went down in that game. We'll talk about all that here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Perry Homes is looking to help you guys out. Whether you're looking for your first home, ready to upgrade to your dream home, or anywhere in between, Perry Homes has a house for you, my friends. For 50 years, Perry Homes is the Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. The best part is Perry Homes has uh, beautiful communities along the Wasatch Front. Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, Utah counties all have communities there that you can move into. Or they also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George if you want to move down to Red Rock Country. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes and anything in between to make sure they fit your needs, like I mentioned once again. And they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender right now as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week. Hope you have a big uh, weekend planned ahead and hope you guys are all doing well out there no matter where you might be. And thank you once again for your support of this podcast. Please continue to enter to win our uh, our signed Jaron Hall football grand prize for we're giving away. You can check that out. Uh, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. I'd love nothing more than to have you guys enter to win. The way to enter is to send us an email just with a screenshot of you being subscribed on YouTube as well, wherever else you happen to subscribe to the show on podcast providers and the like, and you'll be entered to win. And the grand prize is obviously that signed Jaron Hall football, but there are a number of other BYU items, swag as I call it, that I have uh, collected over the last little bit. I'll be happy to give away as well to some other winners. So uh, if you want to enter to win, join the hundreds who have already entered, please send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube in particular, if you have not done so already, and continue to support this venture. All right, final note before we go on today's show is BYU at the end of the 20 2019 season made a road trip, uh, not road trip, it was a bowl trip uh, to Hawaii to play in the Hawaii Bowl, obviously the SoFi Hawaii Bowl at the time. And the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors were their opponent. Obviously, this was a bowl game built for Hawaii when they were bowl eligible to play in this game. And this was a pretty good Hawaii team. Remember, Nick Rolovich had this role in a little bit here. Uh, he had Cole McDonald was his quarterback, old McDonald's. I think some BYU fans were calling him in this game. But uh, BYU went into this game feeling like, okay, this Hawaii team, they've been very good at home, but we should be able to handle our business, obviously playing them in this Hawaii Bowl. And BYU, to their credit, I hung in there tough. Zach Wilson had decent game passing. It's 24 of 40, 274 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Those, those did hurt BYU's chances in this game. But BYU... They ran for 231 yards. Tyler Algier had eight carries for 77 yards, kind of foreshadowing what he was going to become for BYU at running back with 77 yards, averaging 9.6 yards per carry. Zach Wilson ran for two touchdowns in this game. Lopini Katoa had a touchdown run. Micah Simon had a touchdown run. But it's the touchdown run that did not count that may have crippled BYU's chances the most in this game. And if you recall it, Zach Wilson is sprinting towards the end zone, gets upended, and gets helicoptered in the air. I am 110% convinced that that ball crossed the goal line. Because ESPN is a cheap, you know what, when it comes to those games out in Hawaii, apparently. They couldn't put a bloody camera on the goal line to confirm that Zach Wilson and that football crossed the goal line. What an absolute cluster that was. And I, he, I believe he fumbled it away or whatever it was. It just, it was, it was abysmal. Yeah, I did fumble away. It was a loss. That's obviously BYU lost those points on that. And that obviously in the end, BYU loses this game 38 to 34. Now, uh, also, 
There's one other play in this game. And if you recall, late in this game, BYU is trying to grind the clock out. They have a critical down. They, I think it was third down. I think, I'm certain it was third down. It had to have been. But and they were gonna they were gonna try and uh, convert the first down and get it. Now BYU would use this play in the past, uh, where uh, you'd have a guy like Mike Assignment. I think he was the most notable one who had done it. He would kind of like act like he's in motion, but would kind of slow play it and then uh, try to creep up behind center and do a, a silent count snap and then dive forward. I think it was a short yardage. To situation well um let's just put it this way it did not work out because BYU called timeout just before that play now uh I'm I'm giving a little bit of the backstory I think I've told this story before but if I've not BYU's coaches weren't all on the same page with that call that it was not relayed to certain coaches uh most notably Kalani Satake that's what the plan was and he kind of saw the clock grinding down I was like hey we got to call time and calls timeout and killed the chance for BYU to do it. They don't get the first down on the next play. They kick it away. And then Hawaii comes down the field. It was Cole McDonald throwing his fourth touchdown pass of the night as they get the win over BYU and just a disappointing loss, 38 to 34, sinking BYU to seven and six on the year. BYU lost the game where their defense folks gave up exactly two total yards rushing. Yes, you heard that right. An average of 0.1 yards or less than that uh, for the Hawaii uh, football team. Miles Reed was our leading rush with 17 yards on the game. You want to know how they won? Cole McDonald was 28 of 46 for 493 yards. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions, absolutely masterful performance. JoJo Ward and Jared Smart, both of them seven receptions. Jason Matthew Sharsh also had that. Uh, JoJo Ward, 159 yards. Smart, 142 yards. Just incredible passing numbers. And that's how Hawaii won a game that they ran the ball for exactly two official yards in this game. BYU should have had a one on two different plays. I, I don't mean to bring it down to just two plays simply, but in the game, of football folks most most coaches will tell you there's between four five six seven plays in any given game that really kind of the game the it's kind of a knife edge it balances on those plays and those two in particular zach wilson getting that fumble when i am convinced he'd already crossed the goal line and should have had a touchdown and then also the 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 timeout on that play because they had it set up if you go back and watch the film i've watched it enough BYU had the advantage numbers-wise to get that first down there. To get that first down, there's no timeouts remaining. I'm pretty certain maybe just one for Hawaii, and you grind that clock out, and you get out of there with a victory. It's disappointing the way that that season ended, but nonetheless, it's kind of how the cookie crumbles. And unfortunately, BYU came up on the short end in that game. But yeah, it sunk BYU to 7-6. and six. Very much a disappointing end to an otherwise crazy, crazy year. Think about how we started this. BYU getting absolutely curb-stomped by Utah. Then they get the thrilling wins over Tennessee and USC. Then it's just up and down the rest of the way three different quarterbacks played this season just crazy things happen in 2019 well how would 2020 unfold and we'll start breaking that down coming up on our monday edition of the podcast so thank you once again for your guys uh, support of the podcast thank you for making it your first listen today thank you for just everything frankly uh, this is my final dispatch uh, from arlington next time we talk i'll be back uh, at my home my home studio where i typically record the podcast uh, coming to you guys on monday something crazy happens over the weekend may break in and do that as well but uh, my final stanza from here in Arlington and cannot thank you guys enough once again for your support of this venture. Thank you once again for making it your first listen. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. And until Monday, my fo- my friends, have a great weekend. I'll reconvene then and talk some more BYU sports. Have a great weekend once again. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.